What do you think of when you think of God's blessings? Do you think about how you'll have what you need, what you want, that you'll have more than you expected? Oftentimes, and if you're like me, when you think of God blessing you, you think of, well, yourself and what that looks like in your life. And while that's not wrong, it's probably missing the point. We're going to find out more about what it means, what the most important thing about God's blessings is in today's lessons. Stick around. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Richmond, and this is the Dwelling Richly Bible Study, where we love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength. We are women who enthusiastically and intentionally dwell in the Word and let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. You can find Bible studies and video teaching like this on my blog and the Dwelling Richly podcast. Subscribe to this channel, hit that little church bell so you can get notified whenever I drop a new video. Let's get into the Word. All right, well, welcome back, and let's go ahead and get into God's Word. We have a great lesson ahead of us today. Um, in our day today, we are going to be covering Lesson 2. It's this Day 7, so if you don't already, please make sure you've got your lesson ready to go. Today, we're going to be reading in Genesis 1 again, verses 20 through 23. And we're going to go ahead and open up in prayer right now and go through our memory verse and read the Word together. I'm glad that you're with me. Let's go ahead and... Pray together, think about who you need to pray for, think about me, and as I wrote here in our reminder note at the opening, ask God to bless others as they complete their lesson today. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, there's a lot going on in our lives today, and as I'm thinking about this lesson ahead and the time that these ladies will be spending in their lesson, I ask that you would bless them, bless their time, give them wisdom, understanding, and confidence in knowing your word, and most of all, in knowing you. Thank you so much for the blessing of your word in our life today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, our memory verse, we've been going through that, is from Psalm 104, verses 33 and 34. And let's go ahead and sing it together today. I bet you know it by heart now, do you? All right, let's give it a try. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God. As long as I live, may my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. Psalm 104 verses 33 and 34. How are you doing on that? Are you getting better? Is the song helping? I hope it is. Be sure to smash that like button. And let me know that you're here right now and don't forget to leave a comment. I love seeing those comments and engaging with you and answering your questions as well. So say hi. Let me know that you're here. Roll call, right? All right, let's go ahead and get into our lesson time today's focus is going to be on God's great blessings. And we'll read, like I said at the beginning, from Genesis 1 verses 20 through 23. Let's go ahead and read that. I'll be in the New English translation. God said, Let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. God created the great sea creatures and every living and moving thing with which the water swarmed, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening. And there was morning, a fifth day. All right, so by now you're hearing the pattern, you're seeing the familiar words, and maybe you're keying into of, huh, that wasn't there before. Let's take a closer look in our lesson today with our opening trio of questions that we've been re you know, reviewing each day to kind of get us into that pattern. So 
Number one, what you doing today, God? <laughs> so note God's actions from this passage. And we see here on the screen that God said, God created, God saw, and God blessed. So there's actions of God. And um, what is he doing here? He's populating the space that he created. He's populating them with the flying creatures and he's populating it with uh, swimming creatures. So the sky and the sea that he's created, he's populating it. He's filling it, right? And I love the NAT's repeated use of the word swarm, that the water would swarm with swarms of living creatures. And then again, in the next verse, uh, that uh, the thing which the water swarmed according to their kinds. I just love that. You just feel the abundance in the water and the sky as God's just filling it up on this day of creation. All right, number two, what's new? Well, besides all of creation, make note of words, phrases that are familiar from previous passages, and also make note of any new words and phrases. So again, we have uh, God said, God created, God saw. We have according to its kind. That's all been said, and we are part of that rhythm and that pattern. But we do have some new things here. We have blessed, God blessed. Not one other day before this has God blessed. And so that's the first use of that word. And we have the idea of being, of God saying, be fruitful and multiply. So we've had other things have been said before, you know, according to its kind and God said and created and saw and all that. But two new things today, God blessed and God said, be fruitful and multiply. All right. And number three, review and connect. So which verses from Psalm 104 connect to this day of creation? Let's go ahead and get that called up on the screen as we move down further in Psalm 104. Uh, in verse 12, it says, The birds of the sky live beside them. They chirp among the bushes. And scrolling down further, The cedars of Lebanon that he planted where the birds make nests near the evergreens in which the herons live. Isn't that just beautiful imagery? I love that. It does make me want to learn to read, truly read and, and hear the Hebrew uh, come off my own tongue and listen for that lyrical pattern in the, in the original uh, Hebrew. All right. And then scrolling down a little bit further, uh, we see uh, when you send your life giving breath. And so he blessed them to be fruitful and multiply. There's something different here. He's speaking to these creatures in a sense and um, telling them what to do be fruitful, multiply. And then again, I love, like I said earlier, the NET, they swarm with swarms of swarming swarms. <laughs> All the swarms, right? All right. Um, let's see. Number um, four, a blessed creation. What three, uh, what three blessings did God give to his creation? If you were uh, thinking along those lines as you were reading, you know, he says God blessed them, but what was the blessing? What did he give as the blessing? The blessing was be fruitful, multiply, and fill. Uh, fruitful, if you want to think of F words, you know, fruitful, flourish, and fill. All right, so all, all of the tying back again to this idea of swarming. And this is part of God's blessing. This is what it looks like to be blessed. All right, number five, describe how describe how God is engaging um, with creation on this day. Well, it's different. It's very um, involved and personal as he said to the creation to do this and that. God was God engaging. It's very personal and he specifically blesses them and tells them, be fruitful, you know, do this. 
and um, it's almost as if the you know, it's almost as if the animals had that volition of of listening and responding to God, the one who had created them and given them breath, right? All right, uh, and then the next part of that question is how is this different than the prior four days? Well, in the prior four days, there was no blessing. It was just God speaking into existence and assigning purpose and place for his creation, a location or a domain, and then filling that domain and telling the, the items that he makes, the, the sun and the moon and the stars, this is your job. You're not, but he's not speaking to them like they're, they can answer because these are just objects. So he's laying it all out there and assigning roles. But on this day of creation, he's personal and he blesses. All right. So next question number six, word choice. So what repeated word do you see describing the command and the activity of God's creation on this day? What point do you think God is making with this repetition? If you look here and what you're seeing this word repeat over and over again is let the water swarm, let the birds fly, let the birds multiply over um, all of the earth. He created these spaces to produce exactly what needs to be done and he's saying let it all happen repeating that over and over again number seven how would life be different for you personally if god had not quote created the great sea creatures and every winged bird well for me personally my life here in southern california has been filled with days and adventures and beautiful special moments at the sea. Seeing the sea creatures, like literally seeing waves coming on the shore and looking out on the wave and seeing a row of dolphins swimming on that wave, riding that wave in. Uh, taking a beach trip with family, growing up, going down to the beach, boogie boarding and seeing the sea creatures right there. Studying marine biology in college and going off on adventures down at the shore and having our labs instead of inside of a room, but out in nature and right there in the tide pools holding sea creatures in my hands uh so much of my life my honeymoon uh vacation was going up to monterey and being at the uh, aquarium and and seeing the, the the creatures right there and holding them in my hands and just being constantly in awe i've loved the ocean loved sea and uh love to continue to explore my husband and i like to go kayaking we love to be on the water. We love finding life in the water. And uh, that's been a significant part of, if I go back in my life and my memories, they're almost always associated with being near water and experiencing creation and the life that's in those waters. Uh, our trip that we took up to Alaska is a great example of this because not only did we see the sea creatures, but we saw the flying creatures, the great uh, American, the bald eagle up there flying around and, and the orca and the seals. Um, at just teeming the salmon coming up and out of the water and enjoying that physically seeing it and also tasting it. It's very tasty as well. So uh, my husband has taken up bird watching and enjoying setting up our yard as a place that's a haven for birds to come. And so my life has a lot to do with enjoying God's creation. My life would be significantly different if it weren't for these um, creatures. Now, not only have I personally enjoyed it because so much of my story is associated with being near the beach, on the ocean, at a lake, in a river, um, in the sky, seeing the birds, enjoying all of those things in nature. But I think about just the stories and literature themselves that are centered around water and the ocean 
and the sky and those great adventures. And some of my you know, favorite Bible stories take place on, in, in water. I mean, the story, the account of Jonah and the great fish and that God using that to uh, bring him glory. The ravens, the birds that feed Elijah. So a, lot, a great deal of my life is been altered because of God's creation and him using animals in the sea, the swarming swarms of swarms, <laughs> and in the sky as well. What a great blessing it's been for me. A lot of memories, a lot of joy, a lot of fun associated with that. And number eight, think how God has used sea creatures and birds of the air to his glory and our blessing in scripture. And I alluded to that just a second ago when I mentioned Jonah and Elijah. God has used those creatures to uh, redirect, literally redirect men's lives um, using Jonah and, of course, the whale and the great fish. And, of course, like I said, Elijah um, and the way that he has used those creatures to... Um, teach lessons to remind us of his sovereignty and I I just can't imagine uh, life life without that it makes gives me great satisfaction and peace and joy uh, because of his creation I thank God that he did that I always ask that question didn't have to be this way God and yet you did why what do I need to know because of that all right and then at number um, nine. All right, so number nine, I, I realized after I kind of got prepped for the, today's lesson that I, I lacked a little bit of clarity. So those of you who are doing the lesson along with me right now are going to get this extra insight and those um, not, then I might hear from you. <laughs> Maybe you'll jump in on this one just out of curiosity. But connecting in scripture, um, I meant to open with the meaning of the word um, tananim, um, which is great translated in the New English Standard Bible or New English translation, uh, great sea creatures. So the Hebrew word tanim has been translated in a variety of ways over the centuries, depending on the version you're reading. You might have even noticed that in that verse. Um, but it's in Genesis 1 21 is this great sea creatures. And I have it highlighted here. You can see it in yellow on the screen here. And so um, Let's see, see how it is translated in the following verses. So I uh, went ahead and did a word study on that and I want you to take note of how this word is translated because it's important. It's be actually, we're going to talk about this a little more in the lesson to come, um, but it, this word being translated the way it has in the past has led some people to speculate what he could, what God could be referring to here. Let's take a look at some of these passages. Um, we'll begin um, in Exodus chapter 7 verse 9. When Pharaoh says to you, do a miracle, and you say to Aaron, take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, it will become a snake. So sea creature, also the word tananim is snake. Um, and then tell them in Ezekiel 29.3, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am against you, Pharaoh king of Egypt, the great monster lying in the midst of its waterways who has said my Nile is my own I made it for myself so this is a prophecy and it's ref the Tananim is referred to as a great monster or translated as a great monster and then in Jeremiah 51 34 we read King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon devoured me and drove my people out like a monster from the deep he swallowed me he filled his belly with my riches made me an empty dish he completely cleaned me out uh, so depending on your translation, you might have it slightly different. Go ahead and make a note of it there so you can share with your group. So how does the version you're reading translate that word in Genesis 1.21? Well, I went ahead and 
called up two things for you. Number one, I wanted you to see in, this is in Bible Hub, and I've mentioned this before, but you can actually call up the interlinear, which lines up the English with the Hebrew. And let's go ahead and find that word that's translated hatanim, hatatnim, which is right here. Or oh, <laughs> I don't need to highlight it all like that. Let's go back over here and clean that up a bit. All right, so here it is. <laughs> not gonna let me not gonna let me do it all right um, we have it in with the hot in front of it and tananim but we see all the other iterations of the same root word here in uh, Hebrew which is sea monsters or the King James whales and sea other thing I want you to see also is if you go to Bible Hub it's a quick reference of seeing multiple versions right there next to each other in this top part that says parallel so you just click on parallel and voila it'll open up for you so you have for example the um, new international great creatures of the sea sea creatures sea creatures uh, king james great whales sea creatures and so on so i'm curious about your translation and how it um how it refers to that particular word that hebrew word we'll talk a little bit more about that as we continue on in our study all right, and then finally, number 10, thinking biblically. Um, read Ezekiel 36, 11, uh, the final phrase, especially, with Genesis 1, in mind. And uh, what connection can you make with God's blessing and God's desire for his creation? So let's take a look at this great verse, Ezekiel 36, 11, which reads, I will increase the number of people and animals on you. They will increase and be fruitful. I will cause you to be inhabited as in ancient times and will do more good for you than in the beginning of your history. Then you will know that I am the Lord. All right. So I want us to think about that in connection with this idea of blessing. And you see words like increase and fruitful and do more good for you than before. And what is the point of God's blessing, the fruitfulness, the increase that God gives? You will know that I am the Lord. And like I alluded to at the opening of our time together, oftentimes when we think of being blessed, we think of what a relief it is for me. It's about me and what I'm getting out of it. And God is clear. The fruitfulness is a sign of God and God's greatness. And our hearts should constantly be pointing to him. And there's moments in our life when we think, oh, I'm not blessed, I'm not fruitful. Because you are holding that blessing and that fruitfulness up against what you've designed blessing and defined blessing and fruitfulness to be. Not what God has. And uh, you have thought about what you're comparing it to your perceived lack, not what God's ultimate great good is in your life. And so be mindful of that. I always ask God to set your thinking straight on that and that your focus is not on what you're getting out of it, but if you are pointing to God as, um, in these times of, of fruitfulness. Uh, if you're experiencing a lack of blessing, a lack of fruitfulness, uh, a lack of increase, then maybe it is time for you to get humble before God and say, why are you withholding blessing? Uh, is there sin in my life? Is there something that I need to be changing, turning to you? And uh, pray and seek God for that because we want it to be, uh, again, about us repenting, about us getting our heart right, and about making God's name great.
Hey, before we close today, I do want to point out this. Aren't the illustrations just so much fun? And uh, you can turn it in the back of your lesson if you, so I'm going to scroll all the way down so you can see that at the end. And there it is. You love those illustrations? Well, I do too. You can get more cards, notes, calendars, and more from Amy Downing on her website, thecreativefarmgirl.com. Follow Amy on Instagram at thecreativefarmgirl. I just wanted you to see that. She's a dear friend of mine, and she is the one that's been collaborating with me and creating these great illustrations. And I want you to go support her. Go follow her on, on Instagram and go on her website and get some cute cards. Christmas is around the corner, and there's other fun things that you can get from her. And uh, send her a little note to maybe a message on Instagram. All right. Uh, don't forget to take some time to practice your memory verse. Make sure you are getting that committed into your brain and your heart. Sing that song as well. And for you to know, as always, that you are loved and prayed for. And I look forward to being back here again with you real soon. Bye-bye for now.